Welcome to In Process, the NC Dance Festival podcast. I'm Ann Morris, Festival Director. For 30 years, the North Carolina Dance Festival has been building a strong network of choreographers, dancers, and audiences across North Carolina. In this podcast, I'll be diving deep into the risk-taking and dance-making that characterize the modern and contemporary dance community in North Carolina. We'll have artist interviews, behind-the-scenes insights into the 2020 season, and fun and important conversations about dance and the creative life. Whether you're a dancer yourself or just curious about the who, how, and especially the why of dance, we're glad to have you along for this journey. week, I'm continuing my interviews with some of the 20 choreographers we selected to make a microdance, a 30 to 60 second dance film for the North Carolina Dance Festival's virtual premiere on October 24th. I'll begin my conversation with Vania Claiborne about how this project required her to work in a different way than usual and how she still ended up with a dance that she says feels like her. After hearing a little about Vania's background and current projects, we'll dive into talking about her microdance, starting with the process of choosing the five images out of 30 drawn from the three decades of the festival's history to act as a starting place for her microdance. Well, Vania, welcome, and thank you for joining me today to chat a little bit. Um, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, I am choreographer. I'm based in uh, the Triad area. Um, and I'm excited to be working with artists um, in North Carolina. It's been really cool to, to, to build and make work in that way. I also am a program assistant at Dance Project, so everybody uh, will know that. <laughs> yeah, I get to spend much time with Anne and, and Lauren, though differently, see each other just about every day on Zoom. So, I know. It's fun. nice. It's lovely <laughs> to have you working with us and teaching for us as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's fun to get to talk to you about your choreography, too, because we don't get to do that very much in our sort of everyday daily lives when we're talking about classes and yeah. social media posts and all those kind of <laughs> business thing. things. Yeah. I know you do poetry stuff. and uh, yeah. yeah, that's new. So I, I don't, you know, it's like the cool thing to just call yourself a creative now. It's like just disengage from the one craft and just do everything. Um, well, I'm finally at that stage in my artistry where I'm starting to do a bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I primarily like present myself as a choreographer, though. Dance is my first love and I love making. Um, I love playing around with things that inform my life. Um, I grew up in Charlotte, on the east side of Charlotte, and I'm a black woman, and I tend to create from that perspective. I like to create work that um, duly speaks to, to all the watchers, but I'm really just, I'm, I'm doing it for people who may not really rock with uh, concert dance, but might find it interesting. Um, yeah, and so I create in that way. I like to use a lot of social dance and, and hip hop and as ways to like fuse with contemporary. Um, and now on the creative side, I, I'm, I started an arts collective with some friends called Until Arts and Media. It's a faith-based uh, arts uh, organization where we just basically actually get to honestly navigate faith and ethics 
and how we actually apply what we believe in a world that is very complicated <laughs> through various different mediums. One includes poetry, so I've been able to get our first show in February of 2020. <laughs> we, uh, we, we got right on the uh, line. And then, and then there was, then there was Rona. So we're here now, and, and so now I'm, I'm, I'm making and still doing those things, and, and you got the chance for grants to do that. I, you know, I'm curious um, how how you went about choosing the five images um, that sort of provided the the foundation or the inspiration or some part of um, the starting place for this micro dance. Yeah, uh, it was cool because I don't work like that ever. <laughs> like I don't usually go from, I don't usually use images as, as source material or maybe I, I don't think I've planned that way. So the process was super different than like the way I naturally, so naturally choose to work. So it was pretty cool to um, just like kind of get the nuts and bolts handed to you and they're like, make something. <laughs> and you're like, okay, great, <laughs> we'll try. But it's really cool to, to kind of like work in from like a deconstructed way and try to, try to make something out of different parts. And what, how did you start working with those? Um, you know, once you'd chosen them, how did they inform what became your dance? Yeah, so I think this is probably where my own process kicked in because I mean, I could have kept pushing the envelope and the list think of different ways to work. And I was like, nope, nope, not today. <laughs> what does that That's okay. I'm still honing what that process is. And I went straight to movement. I, I didn't really think to maybe layer them with text or another way of, you know, architecture or something like that other people might use to inform um, or music. I went just straight to movement. So whatever the posture the person was in, I would try to make that posture and then but also try to use different movements. How can I get there? How can I get out of it? Is this, is what they're doing? How does it feel in my body? You know, does this feel like a place that I would be staying, even though it's like a stagnant picture, is this a place I feel like I'd be, I'd be moving through or I'd be using in another way and there and trying to let whatever the picture was feeling like in my body, try to let it connect to the movement patterns I already have in my body and try to like, let them talk to each other. And be like, where does this want to go? <laughs> does this, hello self, does this feel like it's moving? Does this feel like it's, does this feel like something else I know in my movement vocabulary that I could, that I could play with or, or tailor? Uh, you know, hearing you talk about the sort of like talking the, the images and what they suggest, those postures, having a conversation with your natural rhythms and, and postures is really interesting. I've been thinking about that sense of conversation a lot in this process. Um, I've been thinking about it mostly in terms of, you know, we have these 20 artists who are approaching this project from very different aesthetic perspectives. And so we've got these 20 very different dances that somehow, <laughs> somehow <laughs> we're going to bring together into like one creative project. Um, and, and I'm thinking about it a little bit like a conversation so that we have all of these voices heard and represented and, and interacting with each other in, in some way. And so I was curious too, um, about what it would be like to kind of interact with these images from the past, some of them just a few years ago, others from much farther, um, farther away, sort of chronologically, and just what it would be like to kind of fit your body into those. Um, I mean, was it, was it hard? Was it challenging? Was it interesting? Did you 
notice anything in particular about that process? I would say it was challenging the fact of the way I was working because that way of working is known and like, you know, school, you got to practice things like that in school before. So it wasn't completely new, but I think the challenge was trying to do something that was interesting to me with material that wasn't necessarily connected to me, you know, um, you know, it's connected to other people and their processes. So the, the interesting part was like, well, how do I make, this set of imagery communicate with my body in a way that interests me so I can commit and, and, and attack the movement in a way that is performative, <laughs> like in a way that is, you know, has, has a look and a feel of, of its own. So um, I think that was probably the hardest, the hardest part about it was the translation from something stagnant and disconnected to make it embodied and personal. And then to, not even keep it in body and personal and then communicate that out outwardly in, in a film nonetheless, you know? So, um, yeah. Do you feel like you got to a place where it felt like you and what you wanted to be saying in there? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, it got to the point where I was like, I, did I, I guess where I was like, man, did I, have I even echoed back? <laughs> I was like, I want to turn this into something else. I've actually been true to the prompt, um, which I feel like I may have leaned more towards myself, but uh, I did, I, I know where some of the materials and like the, 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 the things come from. So I was like, hopefully it's still recognizable. Um, and I don't think it's like wrong that it's not, but I do think it does have, it does have a tie. It comes from somewhere. I do want to honor the lineage and homage of it. So it should at least be a tactile like uh, it's there <laughs> right it's like in the it's dna there. in of, the dna of yeah. the dance yeah, yeah. I, well and i'm curious to um to hear a little bit about you know how you chose the location that you filmed in and yeah so it was definitely like it was creative choice in the sense that i i needed <laughs> somewhere uh, I don't know what to say. What's the saying? It's like creativity comes out of necessity or something like that. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of both. But I was talking about the, uh, I guess the place first. It was more or less like I wanted a place that connected to connected to me. Um, I guess I I wanted to take a process that felt somewhat disconnected from myself and then locate it in a time, a place, and a language that felt like me. And, you know, just, I mean, I'm, I'm black, but I'm, I'm, I'm understanding how I grew up in class and how that relates to each other. Like I'm black working class that came from a working class part of town and have this language and communication style that exists within that upbringing. So I was like, I don't know why I spent so much time not investigating that and embracing it and just being like, that's okay. Like, I, I appreciate that about myself and I want to own more of that. So it was like, I knew I wanted to, the, actually the first location I wanted to shoot, we just, we just gorilla shot. We just rolled up and <laughs> nobody was there and people were there. So the first location we had to like mix. And it was funny, the place right across the street kind of had the same kind of industrial, some graffiti monotone uh, color. I was kind of looking like, how can I make this an interesting look and feel, but simply and so this place just had, it had one color and it had like bits of whatever industrial grit <laughs> city feel, I guess <laughs> it felt like. And I was like, that should work. And so me and the videographer was like, this, this, this still feels the same. 
Um, and one, play with more look and feel of the video as in like what I wore was like one, one pattern to see like maybe that could be a hard contrast to where the place actually was. You think about color, thinking about like the texture of what was around and that kind of place just fit those little, those boxes. Um, and then the process of making the, the text really was simple. I, I, it was a voice memo and I augmented it online through like a free like voice memo, uh, a free like voice uh, augmenter ID thing, which is super, super cool. And I sat there listening to robot voices of the same text <laughs> and like Bane, Bane was an option, like the superhero, that's a super villain. Anyway, I didn't choose that one. <laughs> the one I chose is like a deeper, a deeper voice. I like, guess trying to em emulate a male, a male voice. Um, for the actual text, there's this thing floating around Facebook. Um, and it was like this, this saying, I don't know. I don't know. It was like, it was like, things you understand in black culture. It's like, you good means a thousand different things depending on the way you say it. It's like, you good? Like, are you okay? You good? I'm okay. I don't need that. Something's going on in someone's life and you're checking in like, you good? Like, are you actually okay? Or whatever the situation would be, this one phrase can translate a thousand different ways based on context, intonation, who says it, how they say it, all that stuff. And so I just took a phrase that was simply the same and just played around with it. It's what I had been interested in at the moment. I was like, man, what would it be like to try to portray saying something different, but saying the same thing over and over and just layering that. I mean, it felt like they weren't necessarily connected thematically, the movement and the dance. And I don't sort of like, I'm like, they will be, they will be synthesized. <laughs> but I tried to be true to the process and we're already working from a, something gifted to us that may not be personally connected. And so what if I, just choose something separate from then then the movement then a theme and just kind of like try to keep working in that same kind of like postmodern tradition of, of connecting these 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 seemingly random things to create a through line. So I tried to tried to work a little bit outside my normal process and yep, that's a long way of saying that's what we got. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's really interesting and, and interesting too to hear you talk about you know, the, the ways that you found to kind of blend all these different influences, you know, the things that you were given as sort of a prompt, but also, you know, your background and your understanding of movement and where you come from and sort of what you're interacting with in social media. And, and I, I think it's really interesting how all of those pieces come together. I mean, as you say, like sort of separately, they may not be connected, but they become connected and, and something that I find really interesting. Was there was there anything that felt particularly exciting or surprising in this process to you? Yeah. Um, yeah. When you film, it's not one take. <laughs> God, I should have known this. But it's fairly new. It's the first film I made, I've made on me. I haven't made work on myself in a super long time. But just the filming process, uh, yeah, being out there in uh, all jeans and, and Tim's. Um, doing this dance <laughs> it, was it was tiring but it was cool to kind of get out there and realize okay learning for myself this is what it takes to even put something together that's about a minute long um and just kind of respecting more and more of, of the people who who do this um yeah and I, I mean you have kind of already said it but I was surprised that because you know so, so when you kind of find your process it's like your process and I, I I know this I can sometimes be 
shut off to other ways of working once you kind of find your thing. And so I was surprised that all of these kind of random pieces that were swirling around in my head and didn't really thematically connect could make this this kind of simple but very, in my mind, very clear. <laughs> I don't know what it clarifies, but it's clear that it's this unified one thing that synthesized on idea, maybe. Um, you know, I wasn't trying to really say anything, um, but I but I ended up saying something with bits of bits of significance of their own. <laughs> so Well, yeah. I, I mean to me that's one of the things that that feels so powerful about um I mean, many forms of art, but I find it a lot in contemporary dance where where these sort of seemingly unconnected things really do end up making a statement or providing an opportunity for others to interpret it in, yeah, in a way yeah. that um, that makes sense to them and and maybe means something beyond what you intended, but but yeah. has a meaning. It's not just isolated. Um, threads coming together they actually they they create something meaningful yeah yeah Yeah. it was it was it was really cool to to work like that yeah just because it hasn't been a typical way of working so it it was really cool to see that that could happen with textures that felt familiar to me at the end and and the end product like I felt like Oh, that's actually still me. <laughs> like mm-hmm. these pieces that didn't necessarily come for me based upon, you know, every artist is gonna enter into that space as themselves. I was like, oh, that's that still feels like me. I'm, I'm glad that's <laughs> there. Well, Vania, thank you so much for talking to me about your dance. Um and I, I can't wait to to share it as part of our um festival premiere in a few weeks. And thank you so much for letting me, me talk. <laughs> it was great. When we come back, I'll be talking to Michael Rank and Juwan Ha, two other choreography buddies with very different creative styles who developed a warm and generous partnership in the process of creating their micro dances. Stay with us. On October 24th, we hope you'll join us as we premiere the dance film made from the 20 micro dances at 7.30, followed by a Q&A with the 20 choreographers. This screening will be free to the public, and more information is on our website at danceproject.org ncdf2020. Since no ticket is required for this performance, we hope you'll consider making a one-time gift of $20, the cost of a ticket, or more to support the talented artists featured in this season. With your help, dance will continue to lift spirits, express shared emotions, and bring the community together during this challenging time. To make a donation, please visit danceproject.org slash givencdf. And thank you. Our virtual NCDF activities are not limited to the film screening. On Friday, October 23rd, North Carolina Dance Festival proudly presents a community conversation with Helen Semino, artistic director and choreographer of Helen Semino Dance. Join us virtually on Zoom on Friday, October 23rd at 6.30 p.m. to learn about navigating the dance industry, redefining success, dance in the age of pandemic, and much more. The discussion will include an excerpt of Helen's latest work, Darling, from 2020, and a Q&A session. 
This conversation is sponsored by Elon Dance Program in the Department of Performing Arts. Registration is on our website at danceproject.org ncdf2020. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our free masterclass with Laura Gutierrez. This intermediate advanced contemporary technique class will be held via Zoom on October 24th from 3.30 to 4.45 p.m. The class is designed for students with previous dance experience age 13 and up. More information and registration is on our website. Again, that's danceproject.org ncdf2020. Welcome back. When I sat down with Michael Rank and Juwan Ha, I was really curious to hear about how their relationship developed in this process. Neither artist had known each other before, and um, they really created a rich and supportive partnership during this process. And I was interested to hear how that relationship played out in the creation of their dances and some of the overlaps and connections that came through. Well, welcome, Michael and Juwan. It's really nice to have you here. And uh, I'd love to have you both introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about what, what life is like for you these days. Michael, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, my name is Michael Rank, and I live in Chapel Hill. Um, and life is weird, um, <laughs> as I'm sure we can relate to. Um, I've been a lifelong musician, um, and I've spent most of my life sitting in a van, it feels like, driving like from club to gas station to club. Uh, and the past, I guess it's closing in on two years, I just started exploring for the first time uh, movement and creating within movement and dance and what that looks like and what that feels like for me. Um, and it's been, it's been amazing. It's been really exciting. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Juwan. Hi, um, thanks for having me. I'm Jiwon Ha from South Korea. This is my fourth year living in North Carolina. I used to dance in Korea, Canada, sometimes in New York, but now I'm located in Greensboro uh, and teaching in Elon University. I enjoy dancing, but uh, I switched my path to education area so I can be close to uh, young dancers and dance performances and work with them. I love collaborating with, with those people. So it's been very, very uh, grateful. I'm, I'm very grateful that I can teach here and also dance with uh, North Carolina Dance Festival with you guys. And a dance buddy was an amazing idea. I enjoyed so much. Yeah, that was, that was um, something that that felt really important to do in the in these moments where we're so separate from each other and so isolated um, that you know in a in a more typical season of the festival, the festival tours from city to city, and so not only do the the choreographers who are performing get to interact with each other backstage or um, in between shows, but they also get to interact with dancers in that community where they're performing. And, you know, we just don't have that right now. And so it felt really important to me to find um, a different way to encourage um, that kind of connection and, and choreographers from different parts of the state getting to know each other and work a little bit together. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to know that you guys had a, a nice collaboration, a nice partnership. I, 
I'd love to hear a little bit more about what that was like for, for you. I loved it. Um, and, and it's, you know, I don't mean to sound silly, but it really felt like a buddy, like a friendship. Um, I really appreciate it. It was, um, I think it felt really natural, really quickly on. I felt like we had a really good rapport. Um, amazing support, I felt. Yeah, support. Oh, yeah. Having, having such amazing support is, is so great. Yeah, and it was really fun to also have to, you know, you might talk about it a little more, but, you know, select the sort of the touchstones, the signposts of the images together with someone, you know, who obviously has a much different, you know, maybe. Yeah, that was a really fun part, too. Uh, I have the opportunity to uh, review, uh, see again our uh, old pieces before that was performed uh on a dance festival. So yeah, it was really nice. And also people we know, like Renee and like there's other dance people there too. Like uh Jen Guy pieces uh, photo was there too and also I like Joy Movement. It was really good to see all the nice photos and uh like think about what we can do with that. Like we try to bring the movement from there and also we uh decided to make Photos, collaborating as well was really fun too. Like something like that, like see the past and based on that we could work more and, and enjoy and find more of important moments uh, that you guys had with uh, North Carolina Dance Festival. It was nice for me too, being so kind of, my awareness is so sort of new to the dance scene and community here to really, it, it felt like I was getting an education too by going through the images. It was really, it's cool. I really oh, yeah, for me, too. I totally agree with that. Yeah, it was a really nice education for me. How did you end up choosing your five images? We, we sent each other our top five in order of one being the one we were really <laughs> hoping to get. <laughs> and we took each of our top two and suspected that there would be a mutual fifth, which there was. It wasn't stressful at all. It was really it was smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, talk a little bit about um, the process from, you know, once you'd chosen the images, how did you work with those to create movement or to structure your microdance? Yeah, well, it's interesting because, at least for me, and I assume others maybe have the same experience where, you know, you're initially drawn to images that you feel like, okay, that's within my wheelhouse or that's an image that appeals to me personally and, and the kind of work I create. Um, but then obviously selecting with someone else, you're going to get images that, are, that might not at all be in your wheelhouse. Um, but it was really cool. And it sort of created a, you know, like I said, these touchstones. It, it, it kind of laid a foundation. Um, and what I really loved is I found even if I think one of the images that, I, that we had selected, my edit, my first edit, the you know, the video has to be between 30 and 60 seconds. I went into my first edit thinking, I'm pretty close to 60 seconds, and it was like four minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I was all about, you know, so I was suddenly editing a lot. Uh, and there was one of the touchdown images we selected that I don't think made the final cut, but I found that it, it still influenced my work. So even if, you know, there wasn't a blatant reference to the, images we selected, it, it shaped the work anyway. It was present even if it wasn't 
at the end present, which I loved. I mean, I just think that's, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, and hearing you say that makes me think that, you know, in some way, in some, I mean, maybe this is cheesy, but in some sort of cosmic sense, right? Like the, the dancers featured in those images were also present. You know, they, they were present in your body, but they, I don't know, they were present somehow. Yeah, not, and not, not cheesy. Yeah. No, <laughs> not cheesy at all. Yeah. yeah no, it's nice to be connected. Yeah. yeah. So I started with actually Jen Guy's photo here, here too. And I thought that could be a really nice way to connect it with Michael, our, uh, my dance buddy too, like kind of like, like uh, two dancers connected. I think that's a uh, reason why we picked that photo uh, in the beginning too. Uh, and uh, uh, Alex's photo as well. My uh, dance film location is based on her uh, piece photo. Actually, I wanted to be more open. What, um, Juwan, what was the most challenging part of this process for you? audience not lack of audience like when we have a specific target of audience then we can think of like how we can deliver it so uh not having that kind of idea will be just in the video so how we can collaborate it and also i would uh, love to have other dancers in my piece but yeah it was too tough to have extra uh, people this day so that was a tough part but yeah, I I think I think it was good. There's nothing to complain about. How did you how did you support each other through the process? We checked in a lot. Um, we had a we had Zoom meetings together. We had text messages. We had emails. Um, we were pretty interactive. I was so like pleasantly surprised how different our piece with same five photos. I think that's the beauty of working with different style of artists. Um, yeah, so I love this opportunity, like uh, knowing other style and other dancers. Yeah, it was it was really cool to see completely different piece. And also I love the light uh, effect too. Yeah, I thought that was really, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, you, you both have such, such different and clear aesthetic perspectives um, that, you know, I have not yet watched your pieces sort of next to each other. I watched them separately, <laughs> but very not, fun. Yeah. not next to each other. Um, I, I'm curious, since you have seen each other's work, you know, have you, have you noticed any common threads? Like, do you see do you see any evidence of those shared, the shared DNA, <laughs> you know, it started from the same place here, but. I, I, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah. yeah. The, movement, certain like core movement there was still connected, I think. That's cool. I can't wait to, to see them next to each other. And, together, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, stepping back a little bit from your in, immediate dances, what is what is your hope for dance in North Carolina moving forward? Juwan, do you want to take a stab um, at that? More diversity, I would say. But uh, I think Dance Project and uh, NCDF is doing such a great job to include all um, uh, different style of dance too. Um, I since I moved here uh, every year, I've been seeing. Uh, NCDF shows and 
that was my first year. I think I shared this uh, recorded voice memory, uh, but uh, Sarah Council piece, uh, it was about uh, refugees and she put uh, their interview voice in the show. That was almost like a few months after I moved to North Carolina, right before Trump got elected. And only I hear as immigrant was all the hatred about immigrants. So I felt very unwelcome as immigrant and also like a female minority. Like, but when I see the show, I see all inclusion, like all diversity. So like I could really appreciate that more. So I want that to grow more in this community um, in North Carolina. I guess I would just hope that it can continue to adapt to the times that I think we're going to be living in for a while now. Um, you know, the way you've adapted this season and created these opportunities, you know, for someone like me to still be able to create and show work. Um, so I hope, I hope that continues. I'm excited to see what other ways emerge for artists to, to share and to create um, and still be supportive. That's what I hope. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you both so much for talking to me about your dances. I'm so glad that you enjoyed working with each other. Um, it's really meaningful to, to me and, you know, sort of on behalf of the festival, but also personally to see connections that, that artists make. Um, you know, that is such a crucial part of, of what we're trying to do is to really strengthen those community bonds um, among artists. So. I'm glad that that has been a good part of your experience and I can't wait to see your dances in the midst of everybody else's um, in a couple of weeks. Me too. Oh, I'm so excited to see that. Thank, Thank you so you. much for uh, making this happen this year too. Yeah, my, my pleasure. I'm glad we've been able to figure some things out. Thanks for joining me for these interviews with Vinia Claiborne, Michael Rank, and Juwan Ha. We'll have more info in the show notes about how you can see their work on October 24th and afterwards. If you're not already following us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Dance Project Inc. and on Facebook at NC Dance Festival. We're sharing teasers of the microdance films every few days and other behind-the-scenes images and information, as well as other reminders of upcoming events. We'll be bringing you more episodes of the podcast than normal this month because we're so excited to talk to our artists about their creative process. So stay tuned for those bonus episodes. Until next time. The North Carolina Dance Festival 30th anniversary is supported by the National Endowment for the Arts, the North Carolina Arts Council, Lincoln Financial Foundation, the Ecolab Foundation, and Stearns Financial Group. We need the support of individual donors and business sponsors as well to make possible the innovative work that North Carolina dancers are creating, bring students meaningful experiences with the arts, and strengthen the community through dance. To make a donation toward this season's festival fund, please visit danceproject.org slash givencdf.